Welcome to Create Shift, the podcast where we talk about burnout, hosted by me, Ellen Carr. And me, Kate Banks. We're the burnout coaches, and together we run the good space, supporting you to heal from burnout and move out of the burnout cycle. If you're ready to rip up the rules and create a life in which you can thrive, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the final part of our three-part mini-series, Ways to Avoid Burnout, if you are, and this week we're looking at if you're an employer. As I've said before, it is worth listening to all of the episodes in the series, so if you're self-employed, if you're employed, and if you're an employer, no matter what your working situation is, because they all kind of connect to each other, everything is interconnected, right? And, uh, yeah, sort of everyone's working situation is is probably not as clear-cut as that anyway so um, it's really really good to listen to all of them so do feel free to head back and listen to the previous two episodes if you haven't heard them yet so rounding off the series we're talking about when you're in the position of being an employer um, and you're responsible for other people as well as yourself of course so again as with the other episodes we're just touching on a lot of different points here all of which will probably be expanded in future episodes in articles in workshops trainings programs and of course are things we can work on in both one-to-one well two-to-one coaching um, and also in the bespoke packages we can create for you and your organization and we mentioned that in the podcast episode as well but if you are interested in exploring how we can support you and your workplace feel free to send us an email hello at the good-space.com and we can set up a time to have a chat about what your needs are so i hope you find this episode supportive encouraging and inspiring as always feel free to reach out to us via email find us on instagram at the good space uk or come and join our private facebook group create a good life so this is the final part in our ways to avoid burnout um mini podcast series i guess we've got three episodes so we started with ways to avoid burnout if you're self-employed and then we talked about if you're employed and now we're going to talk about if you're an employer but obviously these things all link together so it's worth listening to all of them in the series no matter what your kind of employment situation is um and as we've said with the others you know we're really just touching on some points and a lot of them are very big points that need a lot of deep work so hopefully this is just going to give you some food for thought some inspiration some areas that you might be interested in further exploring through your own work or perhaps with us through coaching or if you're you know you're listening to this and you are an employer you might want coaching for yourself but you also might want coaching for your teams um or you might want kind of some organizational um workshops or a series of sessions and and that's what we do so if you're interested in that you know feel free to contact us we at the moment create workshops for organizations on a sort of bespoke basis so based on what your needs are so feel free to get in touch with us hello at the good space.com uh, to start a conversation anything else to add there kate no i think well I said say no, but there is actually. So I think what we're talking about before, we've got a list of things as we have done in the previous podcast. But I think it's important to say that from an organisational point of view, burnout isn't just a reactive thing. It's not the HR sticking plaster that, you know, someone experiences burnout and then we deal with it. It needs to be built in from the ground up in completely in with all the values and the culture of the organisation. And it's something that, it's important and relevant to everyone Mm. everyone can experience burnout so it's something that really needs to be kind of built into the tapestry of how organizations are run Mm. 
absolutely and I just sort of want to say that you know I think that's where the work that we are able to offer to organizations you know and through our coaching with individuals differs from perhaps a lot of what is out there it's not just how do you quickly heal the burnout and get people back to what they were doing it's like how do you create uh organizational culture and structures that don't pave the way to burnout in the first place and it's really taking that full holistic approach so um yeah thanks for bringing that up so our first point though is is support yourself first this is really important if you're you know if you're at the top of an organization your senior management your ceo or you know you can't just be supporting everybody else and and you know sort of stats that we've kind of looked at do show that burnout is really high amongst the senior kind of levels in organizations isn't it and then um, it's just so important to follow the kind of steps I guess that we've shared in the previous episodes to to make sure that you're supporting yourself as much as you can be before you then start to look at implementing these changes and, and sort of helping everybody else yeah completely because you're almost stuck in that sandwich position where you've still got people above you telling you what needs to get done but you're also responsible for all the people working below you as well and you know taking that responsibility for their workload and their well-being as well as you know the demands on your own time so it's it's really important to first consider you know yourself making sure that you're operating from a healthy place as well Mm. so our next point is um build trust in your organization and give autonomy okay so none of us work particularly well when we're being micromanaged and it, it creates a whole lot of stress and overwhelm where you create this kind of untrust cycle um, where you don't feel trusted to do anything, don't feel that you can operate effectively or contribute. So by allowing some kind of, you know, autonomy, allowing people to make their own decisions about some of their work and how they do that and have a say in how it's done as well, allows that trust to build up. It's kind of allowing them to be able to make the changes they need to and they want to to be able to improve things and make it you know make it better from their point of view I think that then supports people to trust themselves as well um which is really important when you're asking people to learn to listen to their bodies for example and know when they need to take a break or you know know when they need to finish early for the day because they're not feeling good and they're going to get more done tomorrow if they take that that time to rest you know uh so it's 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 really really vital um and it's an interesting tie-in isn't there with the idea of working kind of set hours as well mm. being able to have that trust in your employees that you know it's okay that they leave early if they need to or that some days they'll get their work done quicker and some days it takes longer and that might be for no good reason or no tangible reason at all. It might just be because, you know, it's, you know, there's something else going on in their lives or there's something going on in the office or it's just not a great day for them. And it's allowing that trust and that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that will only lead to better workplaces, I think, in all in all aspects. 
Um, so the next point is educate your managers about burnout and healthy habits around it, which I think as well is about educating your managers about supporting themselves as well. Um, yeah, and so once managers understand what burnout is and how it affects them and you know signs to look out for and ways that their team could be operating that could lead to burnout I think it just opens up that conversation and starts building that trust that you know the team can then start working in ways to you know prioritize their well-being Mm. and be more you know and create those healthy habits around it and you know getting into the habits of communicating effectively about it and you know, working in ways that, you know, adapt to people's needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which ties in actually quite nicely to the next point, open communication, burnout isn't a taboo. So really acknowledging that it's okay to talk about this because I think it is a taboo, isn't it? It's You don't want to say that you're burnt out and that you need it's so to often, heal. Yeah, yeah, so often it's seen as a sign of failure, isn't it? To say, I, you know, I, I have to stop. This isn't working for me. And this is what leads to burnout, that people are ignoring the early signs and just push on and push on until it's too late and they just physically can't do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, creating that kind of maybe specific spaces or meetings where this is talked about or you know just making sure that like the conversation is open about about stress about burnout also about mental health I suppose in general you know um and well-being um and again that sort of comes to what you were saying at the start Kate about this being embedded in the in the culture of the organization that these things are spoken about and it's fine to talk about these things and share experiences and and support each other in this way um Okay, so our next point is looking at employee experience from the application process all the way through to exiting the organisation. Do you want to speak a bit more about that one, Kate? Yeah, so burnout's not something that just happens at a certain point of an employee's work. It's It could happen at any point. So it's I think it's important to look at how your, you know, the expectations for people and how people are being treated all the way through from the point that they apply to for a job there all the way through to when they leave the organisation. I mean, how are they being supported? You know, how are their needs being communicated? And, you know, how are they being encouraged to work in a way that suits their well-being? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And how does everything that you put out as an organisation that reflects your values that are supporting people to supporting people's well-being and supporting people to support themselves and uh how is the the language you're using communicating certain things and certain expectations or beliefs or uh, values and how might you shift that to then communicate in a different way so you're right it's so it's, it's sort of it's all the way through it's in everything isn't it um uh and i'm actually going to move we've got our final point but i'm just going to move that now because i feel like it relates which is everyone counts and every part of everyone counts. Because um, I think, obviously, organisations are all different shapes and sizes, but there are so many different people who interact with the organisation who are part of the organisation. Uh, and it's um, it's important to, re- to, to remember that everybody's well-being is important and everybody's situation is important, whether that's the 
the cleaners who come in and, and the cleaners who are doing the cleaning in your organization or the the people who do the you know I don't know the the jobs that you might think aren't as important or aren't as central you know yeah because they everyone plays a part in the success of a, an organization and it's important that everyone is considered as part of that that process that employee experience because we all interact with each other and we all play that an important part in people's lives and uh yeah so that's what I think about it you know I many of you might not know but I, I've got a theatre company and I, I do work in theatre and I do a lot of work around well-being in theatre and and I've sort of been thinking about this sort of thing with regards to theatre organisations where well-being is becoming more of a, a consideration for the people making the work um, and that's sort of conversations that I'm having is sort of with people who who make the work and, and so we've got conversations there around like well the well-being of the, the not only the actors in the room and the directors in the room but also the backstage staff the team and the you know the designers the people who might not always be visible in the room needs to be considered but also it needs to extend to like the box office staff the theatre marketing department the admin so it's like considering your organisation and all the sort of so if it's like rings of a tree like the different rings that extend out I suppose um yeah um, okay, so the next point is failing is allowed. Yeah, so we so often don't take risks in our work because the kind of the fear of failure is so big. It can have such a big impact on your career and your success. So when we allow failure, we allow learning, we allow experience, we allow growth. And that's so important from kind of an organizational point of view for you know personal and professional development but also for people's happiness and well-being as well when they feel that they can add in their opinions and try new stuff and do something a bit different you know just to see what happens to see if it makes a difference I think that you get a lot from that but it is a big you know because there is such a culture around not wanting to fail it's you know, it's quite a big thing to, you know, feel that you can push yourself out of your own boundaries and take a risk and do something a bit differently. Yeah, and I think also it just helps you feel safe at work. So then you're not necessarily worried, you know, it can reduce the worry and anxiety around if something's going to go wrong. And it, and we talked in last week's episode about perfectionism. And it can help reduce that because it can help us know that it's it's okay if something does go wrong. That's all right. And then that can that can help us, you know, it can ease the pressure, I guess, that, that then can can add to, to burnout. Um if we feel safe to make mistakes, to fail, and, and there's a culture that allows for that. Yes, definitely. And it's that kind of that feeling of safety um, is so important to reduce the amount of stress and overwhelm that we often feel in our work. Mm. So making that as part of the core, the core culture and values is mm. a really important thing to consider how you can do that. Mm. Okay, we've got two more points. Um, so one of those is real flexible working and not one size fits all. I think it's really interesting now considering um 
the pandemic and how that really shifted uh, work for a lot of people, a lot of organisations, you know, a lot of organisations who previously might not have considered flexible working at all are now considering it. Um, a lot of people who weren't thinking it was for them actually quite liked it. So there's a lot of conversation now around flexible working, working from home, working different hours, but it's got to be, it's got to be considered. I think you can't just say this is flexible working and this is how it's going to be. It's got to be considering, you know, that's that point. It's not one size fits all. There are different circumstances, different people, um, it's it's uh you, you and and you can't sort of have a, a thing where you allow people to say reduce their hours but you're expecting them to do the same job uh that happens a lot um which then just adds to stress it it just it needs to be a bit more considered I suppose and it's it's like maybe putting in place a flexible working policy that uh is inclusive and flexible and a little bit fluid in itself rather than saying this is what flexible working looks like for us um yeah and I think as well it goes back to educating the managers as well because so much of it might just need to be managed on a day-to-day basis rather than something that can be drawn into your contract because quite often there's you know three or four different flexible working options and you choose one and it's in your contract and you're allowed to ask for that at certain points in the year or maybe you know there's some short-term stuff that needs to happen and managers can be really flexible to support their team to be able to you know adapt at a short notice and for short periods of time Mm. and I think this actually speaks now to our final point which is well-being as part of the culture of the organization and not just lunchtime yoga Um, and I think sort of what you were saying there Kate so made me think yeah it's like everybody needs to be encouraged to have you know regular reviews that include their well-being and you know reviews are quite common having regular reviews of your work and how you're doing and and stuff like that so it's like including the well-being in that so that then and again it comes back to the trust and it comes back to the 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 points we spoke about in the employees episode of people learning to listen to their bodies and themselves and what they need when that's happening and you have these reviews that include the well-being then somebody could say oh I've got um you know uh, this is happening in my in my personal life and actually I'm feeling this and I need this therefore I think I need to work in this way for this for the next three months or or actually I'm feeling really like this or or you know actually I was feeling like this but now I'm I'm feeling I've got more energy and I feel like I'd like to be at work more so I'm so I guess if that's embedded in the organization in that way that's that's really good and uh I think I added that not just lunchtime yoga thing because that's the thing of mine. And I'm I'm a yoga teacher. I've taught lunchtime yoga um, in workplaces. It's a good thing, uh, but it's it's that's the surface level thing. You know, it's the sticking plaster thing that you mentioned at the beginning, Kate. I think uh, in many organisations it might be say they might say yes, we're we're addressing well being because we've got lunchtime yoga, lunchtime meditation, or whatever. But actually, that's not addressing anything on a deep level. That's kind of like saying we can have an, a cultural a culture in our organisation that really pushes people to the edge of burnout, but it's okay because then they can go to yoga. So it, it's really about um, yeah addressing the whole values and culture and and way the organisation is running on a really deep level. That then will mean hopefully that there's less burnout in your organisation. 
And so you've got less staff absence due to stress and burnout. You've got less of that as an ongoing issue because it's just part of how you how you do things. And we're not saying it's an easy thing to do. No. I mean, a lot of the a lot of this stuff is really, uh, you know, untangible stuff because, you know, the lunchtime yoga or, you know, a stress lunch and learn is a kind of a tangible thing. You can plan it, you can do it and you can tick the box. And a lot of this isn't. It's just inbuilt into the way that we're working and we're interacting with each other. And, you know, we're listening and we're communicating effectively and we're noticing not just ourselves, but the people around us and being compassionate. So it's it's really hard because it's not measurable. So it's really hard to put, you know, a, put a target on it or put a plan to it. But, you know, it's the sort of stuff that we can work with organisations to develop these mm-hmm. develop and understand what your needs and requirements are and who your people are and really dig deep into what would help you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great point to end on. So thank you for listening. Um, If you are curious about bringing any of this work into your organisation, please do reach out to us. You can email us on hello at thegood-space.com. You can find more information about us on our website, thegood-space.com. We offer individual coaching as well. So if you've got uh, employees who might benefit from that, then Uh, of course they can have a look at that or you can contact us about you know setting up some kind of uh, package for your employees but as Kate said we can really work to develop all of this organizational uh, culture um, stuff with you so yeah get in touch and thank you for listening and we will be back with another episode soon thank you for listening to create shift we hope you found it inspiring and supportive If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider taking a moment to leave us a review and a rating and to share the episode with a friend. For more from us and to sign up to our newsletter, head to thegood-space.com.